0: You won't actually start until you're done with that toast. I'm not at you all right now. I refuse to. We don't
1: have... want this in the podcast?
0: No. I can't and believe then... you made toast right before a podcast.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then a little. <sighs> I could be like sponsored by one of those like brands.
0: Yeah. You don't have to be like on the mic, by the this way. This is how I sit. Okay. Is that just how you sit? No. You look uncomfortable.
1: No. Worried. Let him be. Okay. Let the man be. Also, are we jumping right into this, or would you like we to do an intro? We roll into it. Yeah, yeah, we usually do. Okay, all right. We fine.
0: don't really. All
1: right, no, no, yeah. I mean, I have listened to all, think, all your other episodes. Yeah, that I think just...
0: what we've learned from our first time trying to record this podcast is that if we actually try and start and like introduce the
2: podcast, Welcome we really can't fucking do <laughs> to it. To
3: episode four, we're like a really old Honda Where? on a cold <laughs> December day. There's just no hope for a cold start for all what? you what? transmission files. We just out gotta there. roll
1: into it. Trans- Trans- Anyways, yeah. Who are you? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> <That was>
0: horrible. <laughs> should we say hi? It's it's episode four.
1: I already said that.
0: Okay. Yeah, but it, I said I welcome didn't like to episode.
1: Four. Oh, all right. <laughs> I guess I'm getting cut. <laughs> oh, plant update.
3: plant update. Should we roll? Should we lead in with that? Yeah, yeah you'll roll. hit it with
1: hit it early. because yeah, we
0: ended on plant update last week, and I yeah. feel like that wasn't the way to go. Yeah, but
3: and it also last keeps week- our listeners uh, listening for the whole time. Oh, yeah, cause cause the, the only, only reason, <laughs> reason is the plant. The people oh. just tuned in for the plant. Yeah, that was like the number one thing we've. We gotten. could say
1: it now and then cut it to the end of the podcast. No, that's so
3: that
0: was too much work. Please don't. Oh,
3: update! The plant has moved.
0: I just. It
3: has migrated.
0: Well, because I had to move over here to fit Charlie over there.
1: I'm Charlie. That's by where the you way. sit normally,
3: though. Yeah, but well, normally the plants over
0: there because we're looking at each I other. Am. Right. But then that would just be in front of Charlie's face.
3: But I'd just be talking to the plant and things would be great. Would Ooh, you, you want rather... put a little face on the plant like Wilson? No. Um, it'd be a little hard to
1: do that. It's a plant. It's a plant. And? Do you got a marker? <laughs> yeah. You can't you draw trophy? on a plant. Audrey's like, sure I don't can. consent to this plant drawing.
0: No, it's doing well. I Wait, th-
1: did you name the plant? No. Why?
0: None of my plants have names right now. Oh. Because I'm not entirely positive they're not going to die very soon.
1: Can I name it? And you know the way you have to maintain a little distance with things. as yeah. I, I have a really created. good. I have a really good name for it. What is it? Fergie.
4: <laughs> what? Is that, it's, are
1: it's a fern. Like fern. Fernie? No, just Fergie. <laughs> oh, so you take the pun and just get rid of it and name it a thing that's already a name. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how naming works.
0: Yeah, none of my plants have names right now. I think the fern's doing okay, but I'm I am still very worried about him, cause he's like I don't see any new growth, so I'm worried he might have been already kind of dead when I got him. But I don't know, I'm not sure. There could still be hope. We'll see.
1: Plant hope. Like
0: my my lamps seem to have maybe helped.
1: Oh, I thought you meant the other lamps for a second and I was like No,
0: no, no, no. my like yeah, my yeah. grow lamps. Seemed to Were help. those
1: there when you recorded the last episode? No. Oh, then you got a big update. You got yeah, grow well, lamps now. Cuz
0: la- last episode, I they were like in the mail ready to pick up, mm. and I was using my like my antidepressive winter mm-hmm. sun lamp to help him out. And that seemed to help a little early and then I got the actual grow lights.
1: Good job.
4: That's
0: my story. So my plants journey.
1: are happy and healthy now.
0: I don't, I don't know about that. This one actually seems to be doing quite well. He's very cute. What? I don't even remember what kind. Cuteness of is, is
1: a direct correlation to how healthy you are.
0: My point is, my plants are okay. Good. My fiddle leaf fig is putting out two new leaves at once. No, that's not
1: Fergie. The, the fiddle. Fiddly that's behind no, Fergie. That's
0: a different Or plant. unless we
3: call
1: them both Fergie.
3: No. Ooh.
0: Okay. There's a fluffy. We'll have
3: one called Fergie. The other called Licious.
0: No. So, this is a fern. No. That is a fig, which is a type of ficus.
3: See, I have no object permanence, so I
1: can only see this. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, am an infant. Mm. What?
0: That's Charlie.
1: Please I was vaguely introduced before, and I so, started talking, but you were both talking, so it's in the audio of me saying who I am, I'll but you two were out. both speaking well, and not listening. On it. my way here, we, uh,
3: or I... Stopped by a kazoo concert, so I'm a little inspired right now by that kazoo kid. Okay. So like, who are you? Is
1: that a thing that happened? That's at your... what the kazoo kid says. Yeah,
0: it's like a meme.
1: It's a meme. All right. You sure. never seen
0: kazoo kid?
1: I don't know, man. I who guess not. Are I'm R you slash definitely out of the loop. You have. You just don't remember so it's it. like, Vine? N- no. Yes. Well, yeah, it,
0: I think it was on Vine, but it circulated on the internet before Vine.
1: Okay. Should I play it? I'll play it. And while Matt looks that up, my name is Charlie.
0: <laughs> you Introduce yourself, because we can't do it.
4: Wait a minute!
1: Oh, Jesus. Who is
0: gonna... are you? It's Kazoo Kid.
1: Okay. Uh, I am Charlie.
0: It's not a physics podcast anymore.
1: I have officially broken the ground on it not being a physics Though podcast. Though I'd argue
0: we've started our, our having guests on the show with like our friend who's closest to physics without being a i physics am major. i am
1: just applied physics yeah. we have basically taken most of the same courses from like either side of either side of a very thin line
0: but i'd argue
1: well wait a minute wait, wait a minute what do you do what do i <laughs> uh i study electrical engineering He's what's just... that <laughs> thanks Matt. <laughs> did you talk about what physics was no we didn't but we should <laughs> okay <laughs> Anyways, continue. Uh, I study electrical engineering, which is a lot of applied physics.
0: It's a lot of circuits?
1: Uh that's like one type of electrical engineering, but there is other things in my major.
0: <laughs> you know, but it's not computer engineering, which I think I mix up a lot.
1: Uh it well, I mean the major here is electrical and computer engineering. Oh, for real? You can choose to specify between one or the other. Do so you? So, I'm I'm like chosen electrical, but all that does is like there's two or three courses you take for one or the other. You mm-hmm. could take all of the computer engineering courses as well and still be like just because you declared electrical which is basically what i did i took a whole bunch of computer engineering courses as well like i ta'd a programming course <laughs> i Hi. helped teach it yeah but yeah officially on paper i'm an electrical engineer
4: Ooh.
1: anyway we're, we're you're gonna take it in baby steps like getting away from physics i guess
0: yeah i guess we gotta like inch further and further from physics
1: so you can start with me where i'm applied applied physics yeah and we we've talked i I have taken courses in some of the things you've spoken about already.
0: I find it insane that you took a whole class on like semiconductors without learning what a wave function is,
1: yeah, so what we do is in electrical engineering um when it's like a lot of theory based stuff and so one of my professors it, w- actually has his degree in physics, but what he said is as engineers, we just take all the physics stuff and wrap it up into like a con- a variable that you throw in front oh, that and boggles you just my don't life. worry about it. And it makes it, like, much easier and lets us get to solving the practical applications.
0: Yeah, so we do all the work. Uh, uh, you do...
1: You do all the work, <laughs> work Work star, like, thing behind the theory, but then we do all the work in that it gets applied to a thing in the real world. Wow.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Practicality means theory.
4: That's yeah. a whole
1: other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think your major is really cool, and we talked about this before, but if I was going to redo college, I'd probably go do physics if I was going to We've choose a major. We've drawn one in.
0: I've, I've spread my influence. But
1: I would argue, as as referenced in the thing that we uh, visited yesterday and no one else knows what we're talking about, uh, there was a whole bunch of people who started their careers in electrical engineering and now do a ton of conservationist stuff, which might be where I'm headed accidentally. And like
0: planners. They were all like county planners.
1: Because I was speaking to our one friend as I was writing uh, some of my GRFP proposals. And I was looking at the project I was proposing. And I was like, it seems that I'm just slowly becoming a conservationist with my project.
0: Do you want to take some time and tell us about what your project is? Because I think it's pretty wild.
1: The project I'm trying to do?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worms, right?
1: Worms, but also quantum dots?
0: Yeah, but worms. I like the worm element.
1: You like the worm element? I think it's fun... This this is the reason I like Stony Brook, because we have such a good program for interdisciplinary studies, like actually. Shameless plug for Stony Brook.
0: (laughs) Wait, Matt. A shameless plug. Ding. Thank
1: you. Oh, you're you're actually putting a ding noise in now? We have a counter. Oh. We should be.
3: (laughs) We don't have a counter yet. If we Um, have a spreadsheet to count (laughs) Dutch Blitz stats, we can have a counter. Which we haven't
0: fucking used I yet i was talking Sorry. about that
3: last night like i felt
1: I bad i learned few javascript
0: week- to code <laughs> stats for <laughs> our card games
1: we're we're working on it a lot of stuff has been happening the first couple weekends yeah, yeah. Senior we're gonna, gonna get like... into the rhythm soon
0: anywho
1: you want to talk about my project yeah yeah the tell po- us about the, the worm. podcast is now about my project is this gonna be an attempt to make me flush out my project fully because i'm still working on it yeah
0: rubber duck your project to us <laughs> so, um, so you can write a better essay
1: do we have to start with defining what a quantum dot is Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the, the really su- simplistic definition then? Sure. Okay. They're really small things that exhibit quantum mechanical properties uh, because they're so small. Because a lot of times to get uh, different objects to like perform quantum mechanical things, you need to make them really, really, really cold. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're really small. So they just do the processes themselves. So, you can make them in a lab, which is how they currently do them. And it takes really high temperature and high pressure to create them, which is, you know, expensive and not cool. So, as an engineer, I said, hey, what if we could make them in a better way? And I was working with one of my PIs, and we were discussing the fact that um, there's been a few papers published about worms. And when they're put into cadmium-spiked soil, they just do their worm thing, you know, wriggling around in the dirt being worms. And they package the uh, quantum dots into their proteins in their body. So I think there's a way we can get them out of the worms and then maybe also reverse engineer the way they do it in their guts. So we can just make quantum dots, but at uh, like standard temperature and pressure Yeah, and at
0: worm pace instead of.
1: Yeah. My question is
3: how did someone figure this out in the first place?
1: <laughs> worm. Are you just asking how like the scientific process of people fucking around with stuff and then ending up with a thing works? Like I, I guess I, I can was...
3: understand many of the accidental discoveries that happened, like the guy who accidentally created a rubber and like just dropped it and, and using figured mold it out for, uh... that it bounced. But how do you vaccinations? have to like worry about doing something quantum mechanical and then go, hmm. What about worm poop? It's not I their poop.
1: Like... It's like the in okay.
0: <laughs> I think it probably started more with, like, someone studying worms, not yeah. with someone studying quantum mechanics. Either way. And then being... Because quantum dots glow, right? Yeah. They glow. So, and so a worm person was like, why is my worm gut glowing?
1: Yeah. I'm sure they were looking at something else. They glow under UV light, so they ab- absorb the UV light, right? And then they reflect it back in the, the visible spectrum. So you're like, oh. So they were probably looking at something and shining a UV light on it. And then they took it out and it was glowing green. And they're like, what? <laughs> And then they probably analyzed the solution that they had made from worms. And they were like, oh, this is bizarre. We've got really small things in there. Small glowy things. But the reason, the way I stumbled onto this project is my PI, who I'd done other worm research with before in high school, was like, hey, I have cadmium resistant worms, which was just like a thing. that They happened to make themselves cadmium resistant through mutation by being in cadmium spiked soil. So we're like, oh, if they can live in cadmium, so they don't die that way. That's pretty cool. But wh- how are they like doing that? And then we looked up the paper or we were just looking at reasons why worms might survive in cadmium soil. And we found the paper that said, hey, if they're in cadmium soil, they make these things.
0: Quantum dots.
3: Why were they in cadmium soil in the first place? I don't
1: know. You put worms in all sorts of things. They're um, <laughs> soil health like indicators. So if you look at how a worm is doing in soil, it's like a representation of how the soil is doing in general.
0: Is cadmium like a byproduct of any kind of industry? Do you know? Uh,
1: heavy metal. Uh, yeah,
0: I would know it's a heavy metal.
3: I I probably yeah, it's a byproduct of heavy metal music. Oh yeah, <laughs> actually, <laughs> Ozzy so the world's leading. One exporter. of the
1: the previous experiments was um the effect of ro- uh, roundup on soil health, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and um and also the project we did with uh crumb rubber. So the effect of crumb rubber, which is like what they use for turf fields, on soil health. Our project. When we sent away our soil samples to Cornell to analyze, they found out that they didn't have that many uh, spiked levels of um, heavy metal quantities, mm. but I'm pretty sure with Roundup it did, which was significant.
0: Oh. So Roundup's got a bunch of heavy metals in it?
1: I should really double check that. Though, yeah. Before I you I... know
0: this podcast's all about spreading kind of facts.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I could d- get a get a double check on that one. But anyway, I know for a fact that we analyze the heavy metal content. Yeah. That's just like part of the process when you send away the soil to get analyzed. They tell you how much stuff is in it. So, I'm sure there's probably industrial processes that
0: Yeah, there's probably then, there's a reason yeah. we're studying it. Yeah. But what I think is particularly interesting is that you're an electrical engineering major
1: mm-hmm. playing with worms?
0: Playing with worms and in general just being in a lab. Because I feel like, for like physicists, like it makes sense when you think of what we're doing day to day. Are
3: we finally ushering
1: into the? We're ushering into the. the This is me
0: doing a a chill segue into
1: the. (laughs) Definitely wasn't a called out segue. Yeah. No. 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 Good job, Matt.
0: This is me segueing into what we actually wanted to talk about today, which is kind of industry versus pure academic research. Because Matt and I are both physicists. And our research is pretty... I'm an astrophysicist. Okay, fine. <laughs> Matt and I are both in physics doing pure research with pretty much no connection to industry. I don't know about you, but I have no connection to industry. And so when I think engineer, I'm like, oh, they're going to make so much money like building bridges and designing...
1: The one type of engineer. Yeah, because a engineering. 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 building bridges. But
0: even with electrical engineering, like what I think of is... Like, circuits? circuits and from like a entrepreneurial standpoint i think of engineers going into industry first thing i don't really think of engineers in a lab environment
1: you and every single person i've ever told that i'm doing electrical engineering too
0: yeah so that's why we wanted to talk about it
1: yeah i mean i i don't know what i was really thinking when i started with this major but i've done a couple different internships at like industry places mm-hmm. and they were okay and my like opinion coming out of them was always like If I wanted to just have a job to pay my bills and then, like, go do the stuff I cared about in my own time, I would just go into industry. But I wouldn't find it very interesting.
0: Yeah. Fulfilling.
1: Yeah. So I was like, what if I didn't do that? I don't know. That's my backup plan. I can always fall into industry and be a little bored and a little sad but make money doing it. That's what
0: they say about about degrees in physics all the time. It's like you get your undergrad in physics. You can basically do anything because people know that you're capable of doing – Being smart. Of Yeah, of like being smart in air quotes, high podcast. Um, but <laughs> you're capable of like doing high-level math. You're capable of programming. You're capable of doing like scientific reasoning. And so you're pretty much suited for any job mm-hmm. that requires any of those things, which is a lot of things. And those are a lot of things that a lot of people can't do. So mm-hmm. you're already a desirable candidate for a lot of different industry jobs right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Matt, you can confirm or deny this, but I feel like going into industry after getting your bachelor's in physics is like almost a little looked down on.
3: I think it's looked down on more so by like the physics community, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas people outside it kind of envision that as the logical destination.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because when you are a physicist and you choose to turn down industry to go into pure research, you're not going to make more money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right you're You're not gonna make more money, you're not gonna be in like usually you're not gonna be in a nicer place in the end like there are some really lovely like national labs that you could work at and really beautiful institutions, but you could also get end up like in the middle of the desert, like Los Alamos is in in the desert, <laughs> and you could end up working there just in the middle of nowhere or
3: some university office with no windows,
0: yeah, yeah, so oh my goodness, our physics building. It's designed in such a way that only like three offices per floor have any windows. Brilliant. And I was talking to my to my advisor about this because he's in an, a no window office, and I'm like, "Aren't you so sad that you don't have a window in your office?" Like that, I think that would like actually drive me nuts. And he's like, "No, I like it. I prefer not to have a window. Windows distract me." <laughs> I'm like,
3: I can understand that part, but it's a good distraction. It's a it good keeps distraction. you sane.
0: Yeah, and keeps your like circadian rhythm on yeah. track a little bit. Would it be weird if I departed briefly to put on socks?
1: Uh, <laughs> like, like, yeah, a but little I guess bit. you're going to do it. <laughs> that would be go, a little weird. So, I'm going
0: to go put on socks.
1: I mean, it's not like you're really leaving. You can, you can still hear everything we are saying. Here. You just can't respond. Just shout really loudly. <laughs> or you could come over here and be picked up in my mic. Oh, yeah. We if we're just really close to each other. What if we played musical chairs with the microphones? Then the subtle differences in each of the calibrations of the mics would be, like, suddenly I'd sound a little bit more like Matt. I don't think that's how that works. No, it is. You know, you, you know, actually I... sound entirely different. We just have a mat filter over your mic. That's not how it works. That's not where the microphone. You're the one who told me well, You're in front of the mic. You could have just nudged my head out oh, of the mic. Yeah, just show them. necessary tangents. I know isn't it a little cold it's in a here? It's a little and I'm I'm so glad we got oh, yeah. right off topic as soon as we got on. Topic. I, know. I told well, you I'm... I was practicing my tangents.
0: Sorry, I'm right by the a- the AC unit. Uh-huh. And my toes are cold. I have poor circulation. Yeah, so industry.
3: So industry. <laughs> now that we've all said it.
0: I know. So industry. Matt, if you were going to go not into research, what would you do?
3: See, I don't know how like you define the distinction between research and industry in some cases. Because if I were like to avoid or be forced to avoid going to, let's say, a university job, To do research. Um, The next place I would look would be like a place like NASA. Yeah, or national
0: labs. So probably government stuff, you're saying.
3: Like a space agency.
0: Ooh. Space
4: Force?
3: (laughs) Yes. Um, But it's... um, I don't know if that classifies because they simultaneously do research. Yeah. But also
1: in... Well, that's more like a research and development job, yeah. Which is kind of what I was leaning towards because when I when I decided, I was like, I don't know if I love industry like that much. Like I said, I could do it if I really wanted to. I think the like middle line between just purely doing research would be like research and development for like a company. Yeah, I think all the big companies have like R and D teams.
0: Yeah, some of like my early research was kind of close to R and D. Like it was on an industry side of research. In that, I was doing like detector design Mm -hmm. for a big experiment in a national lab so while i wasn't doing that much like theoretical physics i was still doing physics research to be applied so it was like honestly felt kind of like engineering
1: yeah i mean again draw like putting the labels on them is drawing like lines in the sand for no reason because especially now every job is like a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. there's no like This is purely a physics thing, and this is purely an engineering thing.
3: Typically, when I think of a physicist going into industry, just because this is what pops up on my LinkedIn so Mm -hmm. often, (laughs) every single day is like a financial job.
0: Yeah, like an actuary, or like just like whatever number analysis, hedge Hedge fund, (laughs) hedge fund. hedge fund manager. words are hard words are really hard now i have a problem where my feet are no longer cold but the rest of me is hot <laughs> i'm very
4: confused i think it's the sun
1: you're Hi. not in the sunlight <laughs> it's hitting your desk
0: it's hitting my desk and reflecting back and
1: to me. you are your desk you know what <laughs> by the transitive I'm property saying... i'm here to throw in little like pepperings of your other podcast into this episode
0: stop don't do that. We're creating new content <laughs> yeah. to the point, not well, recycling We old can ones. work
1: like community and just have uh, reoccurring content. Oh we God. always got to go back to our roots. Now that I've almost <laughs> finished the entire show in a few weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it is kind of a false line in the sand, like you were talking about. Because I remember when I was at my REU this summer in Texas, they were talking about like they had people come in and talk about their careers in physics to us. And the whole summer, our program director was like, I really want someone from industry to, like, come and talk to you guys, because, like, the only people they could get in contact with were academic people, because that's, they were an academic institution. That's just who they know. Mm -hmm. But I feel like in physics, it's, like, kind of a logical thing, like, once you start as an undergrad in physics, like, the expectation is you go get your PhD, you go to a postdoc, Nope
2: postdoc a postdoc
0: position for a couple of years, and then you get a position at a university where you're doing research or at a big national lab, and that's like it. It's a little different for astronomy, I feel like
3: yeah um it's a little different, and then you just replace national labs with like agencies and like observatories.
0: would those not still be national labs So it's, it's a little different
1: It's a little different. Matt, I have an unrelated question. Would you go into space if you got the opportunity?
3: Would I go into space? My number one goal in life is to go to space. Right, you want to be
0: an astronaut?
3: Yeah. Well, be, yeah. As soon as I get my dope. PhD, I'm applying for the astronaut corps. Oh, I nice. did not know that. See? Freaking out Little tidbits. Oh, my God. Fun fact about me.
0: I was thinking about that the other day, actually.
3: Were you? About Matt Murphy in space? No,
0: not about Matt Murphy in space. Astronauts. Okay, when I say the other day, I mean several months ago.
3: <laughs> <Because, laughs> RC. Right, because
0: it was the day I was at my REU, and it was the day NASA put out that video that's like, we're going back to the moon, you know, mm, to make yeah. like the launch point to get to Mars. Right? Yeah. Um, And they, sh- like, in our like weekly seminar, they started off being like, you guys got to check out this whole thing about like, you know, NASA kind of coming back, you know, coming back at us. Oh, come back. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought about it. I'm like, would I ever try and be an astronaut using like my knowledge in physics and going to do experiments in, in space?
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: I don't think I would. But the one thing that enticed me, like I did think about it a little bit. I think it would be fun if I were from more of an engineering background to be an engineer and like go up for repairs, you know? So you're not there like at the space station for like six months, but you go up. For, for like a project
3: a, a like that. <laughs> kind of like Howard Wolowitz.
0: Sure. <laughs> oh. Who's that?
1: Ugh. Oh my God. It's from the Big Bang Theory. Oh God. Um, I don't know. As I'm on book three of this sci-fi series, I'm just like- a oh, Shameless cool plug. For um, the Big Bang Theory? No. Do not. Uh, for The <laughs> Expanse you. on Amazon Prime. And also the book series, which starts with Leviathan Wakes. I'd read the books, but I haven't watched the show yet. Show's great. Haven't read the books yet. Oh, We're yeah, working on it together. on it. Um, we are. I'm trying to catch up to where Matt is in the show and then we can watch the show together. Oh. Yeah, I'm also simultaneously catching up to where I was in the show.
0: Why aren't I part of this? You should
1: check. You that. don't like space like I, that. I
0: never said I don't like space. I don't like astronomy. <laughs> Which is different. to say
1: you don't like space. As you've discussed, you, if you don't like space and astronomy, can't like the moon and thus can also not like space.
3: Okay. It has been declared. <laughs> I do I Unless you'd like to recant on your statements. I, no, okay,
0: here's recant. the thing. Uh, we did a little (laughs) little high five there um i think that i would never want to study astronomy because it bores me but i think the fact that we have like from especially from an engineering standpoint i think the fact that like we have a space travel program is super cool and i like the engineering aspect of it i don't like like uh, observational astronomy bores me so much i don't know how you do that
3: because i i just enjoy what i'm looking at like the things out in space i have a fascinate me more so than anything else
1: if if matt murphy did make it into space uh would you come with me to go to a like a astronomy place so we could look at matt in space
3: yeah you could observe me going if (laughs) i'm ever on the iss i'll wave to you as i pass over you okay cool cool. all right we'll hold you to that have you guys ever seen the iss go over like, in the sky. No. no. It is crazy because it's so quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it'll go from horizon over the meridian to the other horizon in a matter of minutes. Oh, that's fast. And it is mind-blowing. Because you, when you think of it, and you think of just man-made things in general, mm. like... It's literally circumnavigating the entire Earth in a matter of 90 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, crazy. think of how fast that's going.
0: But let me argue this, like, because I I do find that super fascinating and super cool. But the I was having a moment earlier this week when writing my GRFP essays, because <laughs> this is this is me going off again. But I work in plasma wakefield accelerators, and we can accelerate an electron the same amount as like. The entire Stanford Linear Accelerator facility, which is like three kilometers long, maybe longer, in a meter. In like 85 centimeters. It's insane. It's crazy fast. And like that boggles my mind so much more than having a person in space.
3: But it's it's just an electron.
0: It's one electron.
3: Yeah. The one electron That's so... it's the only electron. It's crazy. Shameless plug. Ding. For the one electron theory. You didn't do it for We should uh, talk about expense. that on one. I did. I just didn't ding.
1: Yeah, so I mean, you didn't ding
0: either. Right, oh, you're yeah. going to do a <laughs> retrospective ta- ding? We should yeah. talk
3: about the one electron theory. Oh. Right now. As an aside. I don't really know anything about it.
1: Oh, it's great. This was possibly when I lived with Matt. What was that? Two two years two ago? Two years ago. And Matt like, came out and was like, do you know about the one electron theory? And then just launched into the full explanation. It was pretty great. Yeah. Would you, would you like to give well, a little... I need to Google it. The, Google let, let Matt brain. give the uh, abridged version of the description. So, at risk of being too
3: simplistic, the theory postulates that there are only... Well, there is only one electron in the universe. And all formulations and like appearances of more than one electron are just instances of that single electron like existing simultaneously in two places at once because it's traveling back and forth through time so it's it's like you know the the i'd
0: like to read more about that from like a relativity standpoint
3: this was postulated by richard Feynman
0: and someone else right john wheeler yeah okay
3: um, Isn't that cool? Though? The hypothesis that all electrons and positrons are actually manifestations of a single entity moving backwards and forwards through time, which is
1: crazy. See,
0: I would understand that if it was about a massless particle, but electrons are not massless, so moving. <laughs> you
1: said that with like a question. No, in no, your no, no, no.
0: Like, I'm, I'm thinking about how this theory might work. I don't know. Like, I'm obviously not an expert in like time the one electron travel electron theory, oh, and the one electron theory but like i don't understand how something could move back and forth through time like that while still being something massive but i don't know i'd have to read more about it
1: have i'd like to see the, the, movie... the
0: minkowski diagram of that
1: <laughs> mm. what's that movie Matt? um interstellar,
3: interstellar. oh my god yeah <laughs> great movie what do you recommend
0: industry <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little, a little bringing it back okay. to our initial topic.
0: Charlie, do you think, as an engineer doing mm-hmm. research, mm-hmm. that like other engineers kind of look down on going into research?
1: Um, I definitely have some friends, not even ones who go here. One of my friends from high school who's also pursuing a type of engineering. He's like, "Why, what you? Why are you going to get a PhD? What's the point in that? Just go into industry and do uh useful things." And I'm like, "I don't know. I think it'd be." cool to do like the the project i'm trying to do for my phd that the one i described earlier with my worms would be like pretty revolutionary if we could do it because we could just significantly increase the overall production of quantum dots yeah and then you could do so much more research with them and use them in things yeah because like especially any practical we, application of them right now is just going to be expensive <laughs> especially <laughs> like, because
0: we have like we're approaching the limit on oh yeah transistor sizes yeah yeah super so down there. anyone who's not super down with uh quantum computing
1: the the like timeline of my studying of it like there was some talk of um quantum dots in in like high school a little bit and actually clara said that apparently we had a, a person come to our high school from bnl who was talking about them but i don't remember that but there was that, and then in our uh, junior year, I did like a little research project on quantum dots, and I was like, or not quantum dots, on like quantum computing mm-hmm. and like qubits, and I was like, whoa, this is neat.
0: I also did a high school project on quantum computing. No,
1: no, I did it. No, sorry, junior year, like last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I was like, that's really cool, and then I like looked into a whole bunch of other stuff, and then I came up with the project I worked on this summer, which was just. One test round of trying to extract quantum dots from worms, which we're still in the process of analyzing. But I'm like, it's really cool. And if Mm -hmm. we could do it, like, easily and, like, at a low cost, that'd be, like, awesome. And with so many applications. Yeah. You can also put them in solar panels. Solar energy. Mm -hmm. Shameless plug. Such a good thing.
0: Ding. Shameless plug for solar power. Solar roadways.
1: Uh, So those aren't, like, that... Okay, I think they're really fucking cool. They're
0: super
4: cool. They're,
1: like, not feasible because you'd have... That's, like, a... Not only is it a solar issue, it's also, like, an infrastructure problem... Yeah. ...to literally repave the entire... <laughs> well, ...wherever yeah. you apply it.
0: Yeah, I think right now... I, I've i kept up to date with the solar roadways team There is like, what they're doing. There's an
1: argument for putting them in your driveways. Yeah. Which is cool. That's and what And if you have an electric car and you can let it charge up a battery, mm-hmm. like, during the day while you're at work and then plug your car in and it just uses that energy... The issue with that is our our other main engineering problem that we have as like a world right now is batteries. Cause, yeah. And I said this in like high school. If we could come up with a new battery, that would be like super revolutionary because that's one of the main like cr- crutches. Yeah. Um, crux of of um reusable energy right now is that they can't store it well. Yeah. Enough. Like yeah. hydro and and air because obviously it's not reliable. You know, you don't get like the wind all day yeah so the, you, the thing the people who like don't go for renewables the ones the politicians and all of them are like but you know what what about at nighttime when it's not sunny so if we get better batteries that can like more efficiently store energy then we can make some serious progress yeah
3: isn't there a group at sony brook that is working on that problem
0: yeah there's a battery group here is there? that's uh dr rubenstein's group isn't it
1: oh that's no
0: cool. it's not but no, it's something
1: a, with a y yeah, it's, so it's I remember another she group. Mentioned yeah, because
0: at... we were talking about it
1: in in high school for a while. I was considering going into like finding the next battery. Yeah, and I also would still do that later in my career, I think. But right now, it seems my uh, fascination is with small things. So I guess I'm in line with you.
0: Yay, small team. Yeah,
1: I think. But I'm looking at the big picture. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm
0: looking right now while I look for like new grad school programs to apply to. I think I am leaning. More and more towards something that's closer to, like, an R&D engineering mm-hmm. job. And I just learned, like, last week that my advisor in the physics department has his PhD in electrical engineering. Right,
1: which is exactly what I'm saying. My, one of my—my my advisor for a project that I'm working on right now has his degree in physics, and, and yours has, is in electrical engineering.
0: And I think it's funny because in the physics department, I feel like there's, like, a general consensus that, like— engineering is not kind of what we're interested in at all
1: there's a bit of a playful jest. yeah oh yeah between... no because like if we're, i was in class the other day and my professor was like well and you know we're engineers so we're trying to do something useful <laughs> yeah not
0: yeah. that
2: professor,
1: and different professor but... like
0: our quantum professor last semester had such a thing out for civil engineers like every time he'd get into something that was too computational and like not pure theory he'd be like but leave that to the engineers like all the time he's like civil engineers care about this but we don't yeah <laughs> like, all the and, time And um
3: after he finished learning about stationary states we we're like oh let's try to make this move it's not like we're building bridges here yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> let's get things moving
0: yeah he always made jokes about engineers and i feel like when i was in my first lab group part of my job was to like communicate with the a bunch of engineers at Syracuse University who would give us engineering constraints based on, like, would our detector system actually Mm -hmm. exist? And because I remember our... We had one meeting that was, like, super crazy because we had first started talking to the engineers and they had designed a support structure for our whole detector system. And my advisor at the time was like, you know what, I've been working on this... Project for 10 years, and this is the first time we've considered gravity <laughs> <laughs> because you, it just is an isolated system until engineers get involved, and then mm. it's like, oh, yeah, no, this has to stand.
4: Yeah,
1: it has to be. Oh, I building. remember you telling me about this.
0: Yeah, and so I feel like usually engineering is an afterthought for physicists, like, especially in the perspective of like particle and accelerator and high energy physics.
1: And the duality of that is that uh, physics is the forethought. Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like we we finish where you pick up, and then we do the data analysis <laughs>
1: after you're done. It's a little teamwork, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Me and you,
1: we could do some some teamwork with our small boys. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Do you, you like quantum particles? You have any interest in them?
0: What? Just quantum particles in general? Absolutely. Uh, like
1: nanoparticles. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, I usually work smaller than that. Okay. I usually work with electrons,
1: Ele- elementary particles. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm doing standard bottle stuff, so <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a little smaller before you can. The talk standard to me. bottle. <laughs>
1: all right, all right. Sorry, my nanoparticles are too big for Audrey.
0: Yeah, I okay. I have an interview coming up with someone who works on heavy flavor fermions, <laughs> and I <laughs> mm, them some tasty
3: fermions.
0: <laughs> and like I, I was talking about this the other day about how funny some of the descriptors we have for like standard model particles have become because you know how like quarks have colors Mm -hmm. but instead of just naming them all different colors it's like red, green, blue, anti-red, anti-green, anti-blue and I'm pretty sure the flavors are like bottomness, topness, strangeness (laughs) and charmness like like they're not very creative names
3: I mean astronomers aren't much better Mm. like we have the very large telescope array
1: I forgot about that it's very large. <laughs> is it and it's a telescope? It's an array of telescopes. Oh. Commending.
0: I think one of my favorite things about physicists is how they design their experiments to come up with good acronyms for the for the name of the experiment.
4: Yep.
1: Yeah, you know, like we're we're at the the forefront of a groundbreaking discovery, but we don't have a good acronym, so let's just let's hold wait. off.
0: No, no, no. They come up with a I feel like they come up with the acronym like before they even start.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, for sure.
0: Yeah, like cuz you know um like, the neutrino experiment that they're working on at Fermi Lab, it's this neutrino beam that goes from Fermi Lab through the mantle of the earth 800 miles to like South Dakota and they're calling it dune for deep underground neutrino experiment, which I think that one's pretty fitting. Yeah. <laughs> but like I used to work on the molar experiment, which was an experiment looking at asymmetry in molar scattering, but mm-hmm. they managed to make the acronym for the entire experiment also molar, but all caps. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't even know what it, the whole thing stands for because it's so long.
3: Or you got the two dark matter theories that are wimps and mons.
0: <laughs> I'm going to look up what that stands for. What, molar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, it's all molar scattering, but the full name for it is Measurement of a Lepton-Lepton Electroweak Reaction. Molar.
1: Useful. Yeah, mm.
0: M-O-L-L-E-R.
1: How how many, like, hours do you think that, that took to come I, up with?
0: I feel like they're like, we want to m- measure electroweak asymmetry. I guess we'll use leptons. And then they're lo- like, this is all molar scattering. And then they're like, wait. oh." lepton lepton electroweak reaction and then they got like halfway there already
1: yeah all right yeah, yeah, yeah. so industry <laughs> oh my,
0: well i think yeah it is it is kind of a false dichotomy a lot of the times and uh, between industry and academia as well as between
1: um, different fields
0: yeah between physics and engineering especially
1: but. Yeah, my my general like thing I've been going for is just oh, I'm just gonna do it while it's interesting, and if somebody stops me along the way, then I guess so. But like I've just been going into labs and dissecting things, and like I didn't take the prereq classes to dissect things, but we're making it work. Can I pause here for a second? What? There is an astronomy project called Flamingos.
0: <gasps> What's that stand for?
3: The Florida Multi Object Imaging Near Infrared Grism Observational Spectromet- Spectrometer.
4: <laughs> That's such a stretch.
3: Um there's one called Gadzooks.
4: <laughs>
1: Thanks for that.
3: Uh, there's gal there's Galapagos, there's Gandalf.
0: Oh my god, they're such there's nerds. a
1: nerd. Grape? <laughs> Grape. Someone was eating their lunch and they're like, I fucking got it, boys.
3: Hot dogs.
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> You're god. You're killing me. Anyways. Thanks what? for this what? interruption. It's a good <laughs>
0: interlude. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely feel as an undergrad in physics, like a pressure to go into academia over anything else. Which for me aligns with my interests because my whole reason for going into physics is like a desire to understand the fundamental working of the universe. So
1: All all my family members, like I have this one uncle and he was always he's like, don't waste your time going into academia. But I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't like, I'm not going to go about it and strictly be like, no, I won't do that. Like, if I, whatever path I end up on ends up having me go into academia, I'll be like, okay. And I feel like fun.
0: the main difference is that academia is there's more a focus on teaching, obviously. Yeah. And I'm someone who really enjoys teaching. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I like tutoring people, and I like the idea of, Tutor like, some peeps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I I like the idea of being a teacher as well as a researcher, and I think that helps with, like, the whole science communication and like setting up the next generation of physicists. Yeah. and all. My, that. Like,
1: my favorite thing I did was, like when I TA'd that programming course and everyone was so amazed when I was able to help them with their solution and like with, with programming, which I'm sure you both know, like a lot of the issues are, it'll be, you, you can't just look at someone else's code and immediately understand the problem mm-hmm. unless it's like a really simple thing. It's the way they like in their brain. We're like, oh, I'm going to lay it out this way. Yeah. So every time they come to me like, you know, a whole page of code, I'm like, obviously I can't just spot the error here. I'm not a computer. <laughs> right. And so I just like will google the issue they're having and then but like I'll have my laptop facing me and I'll tell them and then they do whatever thing google suggested to mm-hmm. me and it works and they're all amazed and then my favorite part is when I just literally turn my laptop around and I'm like so this is all I did you also possess all the abilities to do this.
3: Yeah. Mhm. Coding is a great personality exercise.
0: Yeah. We're definitely having another episode just on programming.
1: Interesting. For
4: sure it's I on know, my list oh, some engineer,
1: list. like some of the guys and girls I've worked with their programming is just I don't know it's, it's not great like the way it's laid out it works fine but yeah. like I put so many comments in mine and like break it up into sections <laughs> and use all the sp- uh, that could just be the way I just organize Oh, though.
0: physicists are not good programmers they're effective programmers in that we've def- like designed very large very powerful simulation frameworks for like big physics experiments and stuff but like it's not good code. <laughs> it's terrible.
3: doesn't look nice.
0: It That's doesn't look nice. The, the it's not documented. CS kids. Yeah. That's, I think, another way where there's, like, a little bit of a, a false divide between comp sci and physics, because I remember as physics majors, we're still making this a physics pro- podcast. I hope you know. I'm, I'm
1: trying my best. I, I play know. with worms.
0: So. I know. Um <laughs> But we had to take our sophomore year uh, class on like coding as a physicist, and I feel like a lot of people in our major weren't really prepared for it. I don't know. Comments, Matt?
3: Um, no, because beforehand you really don't have an opportunity to get into it unless you try to learn it yourself. Yeah, and then all that's of what a sudden, I did, and I know you did as well.
0: Mm, yeah, all of a sudden, if you've never done anything on your own before in physics, it's like here's Fortran. <laughs>
1: I, I think the thing with programming is if you take one good course that teaches you how to learn programming in general, you're like good from there. But starting like I tried to learn some in high school, like we had a robotics team, but our, our guy who was supposed to like air quotes, teach us programming, would just stand over us and tell us what to type, which did not teach you anything. Yeah, It's
3: also a little hard because in order to effectively learn programming, you have to have an objective. Yes, that is the hard part. To use the programming for. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is the, honestly the best part that classes do. They're like, oh, do this thing. Right write a loop that does this or So really
3: the best way to do it is just kind of get into like a research project.
0: I mean that's how I learned JavaScript.
3: Right. In order to keep staffing. <laughs> the on research our card project games. of making a card. Because usually when you're like learning it through a class it's just like, oh, here's how to print a string. Yeah, I gotta do this in the homework. Like, write a function of some basic mathematical thing and that's it.
0: And I think one thing I've noticed as like my job right now is to record physics lectures but also just when I'm not doing that to be kind of a secretary almost and like a general office assistant and I had one of my like higher-ups ask me to like just do stuff with a basic spreadsheet and so and it was really repetitive tasks which is all I get assigned is the repetitive tasks they don't want to do but I just recorded a macro of me doing it once and repeated that macro over and over again and it took like three seconds and it boggled their mind that i could do that and like i feel like once you start learning to program you learn the fact that there's a better way to do everything
4: Mm -hmm. on a computer i
1: i think the most useful class i took in high school and like i there's a close tie between my like calc class that i took but honestly the most important one or most useful one i've had so far in all my jobs has been the one that was like computer it was called computer literacy yeah but i i pseudo taught that class because i took it I think you take it your second year. So, your sophomore year in high school. Then my junior year, I just had a free period. Or maybe it was like freshman and sophomore. doesn't matter. Um, I just stayed in that class with the teacher and helped her teach it. And so, the whole year I was there. And I basically TA'd it. Even though that wasn't like a thing, obviously, in high school. And I got so good with Excel. And every time I've gone to a job since then. And I do something that's like a little higher level in Excel. Everyone is like amazed. Mm -hmm. Because most people open Excel and use it like a calculator. And like type in equals like... 35 divided by 5, and then they just see that it's 7, and that's their the extent that they use Excel for. Yeah. And it has so much better, like, capabilities than that. And
0: Google Sheets in the same and way. And Google Sheets, yeah, yeah
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. Any, like, spreadsheet program, you can do a lot of powerful stuff with it.
0: They're so, so powerful. Like, keep stats for a card game. I don't know.
1: Anything. Shameless plug for the card game that we might play with Audrey, but that the uh, listeners can't play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you think... You so do you want to go into like an academic position after you're done,
1: like be a teacher?
0: Yeah, well, no, or a, like a professor who uh, does research. Uh,
1: I would definitely do like more research. I think, um, if I couldn't get like a research and development job, which is like purely research, I would not mind like teaching. My my one professor, he, I think he only teaches like one class each mm-hmm. semester. Like it's it's three hours once a week, so that's like not a bad job. Yeah, that he has.
4: I think
0: that's something that's also a little unusual about stony brook and like there, are, obviously there are other schools like this but stony brook's a research institution
4: mm-hmm.
0: so a lot of the professors that we have are researchers and so i think that kind of adds to the pressure to go into i think academia. Most all of
1: them are almost all of them right. yeah at, at least, least in the, the f- stem
0: yeah thing. in the physics department every professor you have is a researcher who also teaches not not a professor mm-hmm. but <laughs> okay,
1: Matt, that was my mm-hmm time please <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I think I think just being here in particular and I guess this probably applies at any like what are we are we an R1 institution? I don't know. I don't know
1: what Is that, that means. Is that like D1 but yeah, for research? Yeah, it's like D1 but for research. I've never heard that. Is that a that thing? It's a thing. Allie's been talking what? about it
0: constantly because mm-hmm. she wants to go to an R1 PhD program. But I think we are. We're like we're anyway, we're like up there with the research institutions kind of all around. All right. So I yeah. think that kind of adds to the pressure to go into a position like that cuz that's what you're seeing when you're here. You're see, you're seeing professors doing research and like I know our freshman year our first physics professor would would bring in a lot of his research topics into the class when applicable, especially our second semester.
3: Yeah, a lot of professors will kind of preface the class. They'll give the syllabus mm-hmm. and then a brief introduction of who they are and like what their research is.
0: Yeah. And I think that's probably not that common. Like if you're at a smaller like a little more liberal arts focused institution that's not a liberal
1: thing. arts at Stony Brook.
0: Yeah, liberal arts doesn't exist at Stony Brook.
1: I I love the STEM part of the school, but yeah, if you if you're coming here for that, you're uh going to be hurting
0: The good news is this is a STEM podcast.
1: Yes, it is. Quite literally. Yeah. So. what It's it, in the name.
0: It, it is in the name. That's what I meant. Okay.
1: Yeah. Literally in the in the literature of the name,
0: Matt, How's it going? You're on your phone.
3: The U.S. Coast Guard just rescued a sea turtle entangled in bundles of co- or cocaine.
1: Oh. You're gonna let everyone like pinpoint exactly when we're recording this? Is that bad? Well, no. no. This is. I from, already
0: put out an Insta story about this it. This is
3: from December, um, 2017.
0: <laughs> Why are you reading it now? So don't <laughs>
1: let them know that we're recording this two years ago. Someone just quoted it we're time travelers Matt
3: anyways anyone hear about that area 51 raid
4: oh
1: like not happen? actually at all cause really I didn't <laughs> go out of my way to look for any of it what do, happened, you do you want to talk know? about it
3: a bunch of people well I'm sure everyone
1: knows about that I don't whole event that got started two mean, of the, you don't know of the about people it? in this room don't... I've
0: heard people talk about it but I, oh, I know I
1: like... know what it is what it was going to be I just don't know what the outcome was do you know Everyone was worried the that, that the place couldn't sustain enough people, right? Do you know about the whole thing? No. You, do you no. Don't know anything okay. about it?
0: we have a also an audience that might not have heard of this. So how about you describe what all you're right. talking about? So
3: a couple months back, I don't know if it was like July or August <laughs> or whatever, someone created a Facebook um, event, like, oh, hey, let's storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. Let's go clap some alien cheeks. And it was just like for fun. Mm-hmm. And it went viral for some reason and like, ended up having millions of people signed up to go and it became not a joke anymore mm-hmm. and people actually started making hotel reservations in like nearby towns and it became this huge thing on Facebook to the point where um, the U.S. military actually got a little concerned about it. Mm-hmm and they put out like an advisory telling people not to be stupid and they would have to give debriefings to troops that would be like stationed in the area and it was scheduled for September 20th mm-hmm. and a couple of weeks ago they actually ended up deleting the event on Facebook
1: oh yeah well, i think i heard about this part yeah. the person the original person who posted about it was like um said like oh actually i think this is going to be a bad idea in my insight riots or something right
3: well no he that- didn't
1: delete it no, I, I I thought he did like dissociated had, himself from it though.
3: Um, I don't know about that. I know they interviewed Honestly. him on the news and he said he just started it as a joke and had no idea it would ever come to fruition like it has. But it was scheduled for September twentieth, which if I check my calendar was yesterday. Yeah. Um Side note, we're actually not recording this on a Friday. I
0: know. We usually record on a Friday. We We had had an external event. Yeah, we had an important event we had to go to.
3: A a friend event. But loads of people showed up and they just kind of hung out, like had a festival there kind of around the premises and like local towns nearby. And I don't know if they actually went up to the facility, to Area 51, because I saw a picture of like a crowd of people outside that little gate they have. Yeah. With, like, the guards on the other side? I don't know if that was from
1: yesterday. I do remember now. I read a little article about this while I, I think I was, might have been at work. Um. So a, so the guy, right, said, like, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. And the reason was he didn't – he said he didn't want to incite riots or something. And so then they he, – he set up a different event to host, like, a little festival in a town nearby mm-hmm. that yeah. Bud Light sponsored. Yeah, he and wanted made, to turn it into a music festival. And they made, like, specialty alien green cans for the event <laughs> and made a little music festival. And then – I'm pretty sure there were also people at the actual place, and they were like going up to the gate and taking pictures with like the cop cars that were stationed there. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think anybody rioted, which is cool. That's
0: cool. It's it's good that it didn't turn into anything. I think bad. the first
1: town posted something on their website and was like, "People are just going to be disappointed." Mm-hmm. But the the like actual people of a town were just like chilling. Everyone was, was hanging out, which but is everyone cool. Everyone had a good time.
0: Like if you think about it, like if it was Brookhaven. National Lab because we've all been there. Have you been I've there? I've never been there. Matt hasn't been there, but but Charlie and I have both been there. Like, I'm it's, doing a, it's a research there. Yeah. So it's like a, a national lab and it's full of like particle accelerators and like cool synchrotron light sources and Center
1: for Functional Nanomaterials.
0: Yeah, nanomaterials and like all this cool, crazy science, but not like aliens or space stuff.
1: Right. Wink, but, wink.
0: Wink, wink. But like, if it was. Like Area Fifty One, like we know what the premises looks like, and it's mostly a nature preserve. Like most of Brookhaven National Lab is just like preserved wild forest because yeah. they they own the whole area and they want to keep it. Well, Area Fifty One's
3: a lot uh, of there's preserved solar the farm, there. farm there. yeah.
0: <laughs> but like, I just the idea of like going there, ex- there, yeah. What?
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was thinking about hiding aliens at uh, oh no no no! i was know. thinking
0: like if you like hyped it up to like let's go see what's at brookhaven because they don't like let people in except five days a year mm-hmm. um
1: oh right you did those those summer sundays yeah there, right?
0: yeah shameless plug for brookhaven summer sundays but if you ever want to see like a national lab and you're on long island you can go there on five sundays every summer it's mostly kids but you can see some cool stuff anyway like, it's, I feel like it would be super underwhelming if you, like, stormed it expecting some, like, crazy thing. It's mostly just, like, engineering I, equipment.
1: Fr- from so. what I read, like, the article I skimmed through yesterday at work, uh, I'm pretty sure the people who did show up were mostly, like, hey, let's go hang out in, air, like, by Area 51 and, like, kind of camp out of our cars for the weekend or yeah. something and just have a good time, yeah. which is cool. Like, you're like, oh, it's just a camping trip <laughs> that also has a theme to it. That's cool aliens. to see...
3: I don't know if Area 51 does anything in industry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't
3: know. But for the sake of what I'm about to say, it's cool to see a uh, research slash industrial thing meet popular culture.
0: Yeah, I honestly, that's really yeah. It great. did get into
1: the news a lot. Were mm-hmm. like, maybe it'll inspire some young kids to like get into research, so they can go work at being or at um at area, area 51. 51.
3: I feel like there are a lot more steps in between to get to Hi. a place like that I okay. mean, but... person who just made a big
1: generalization <laughs> welcome to me also making a big generalization so that I don't sit here rambling for 10 minutes about listing all the steps to work at Area 51
0: but like if you think about it like I know part of what started getting me into into physics and especially like accelerator physics is like seeing things about CERN and being like wow I'd really like to work at CERN one day how do I do that oh I have to go to school for like 10 years okay
3: <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah, that was me, but with astronauts in Mars. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, like, if this thing with, like, people thinking about Area 51 is like that, like...
3: Yeah, exactly All right.
0: At least it's not, like... I feel like when you're talking about, like, alien stuff and, like, you think about, like, X-Files, that's not really, I feel like, something that motivates that many people to go into research. But, like, if this is actually, like, media coverage of a national. They're working research for facility. the same
1: the same thing you guys are. Yeah. To increase exposure.
0: Yeah, I'll take exposure.
3: I put out a tweet yesterday saying like cheers to the Area 51 Raiders. Cheers to the people on the climate strike mm. that happened yesterday. Both uh freedom fighters fighting for the truth.
0: <laughs> 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 oh man. Yeah, so industry <laughs>
1: <laughs> The thing we've been talking about very extensively. Uh, next, you'll have can to find someone who uh, really does work in industry or wants to go work in industry. Matt,
0: can you see how long we've been going?
1: Consider the fact that we had a big ramble at the beginning that we'll probably get rid yeah, of.
0: Yeah, we probably have like 20 minutes at the beginning we can, we'll cut out. But...
1: Hour and 20-ish. Okay. Oh, so about an hour.
0: We can we can wind down a little bit, but we should wind down on topics. So, so okay. industry... <laughs>
1: Oh, on an unrelated thing, but uh, one of my tangents that I really wanted to uh, bring up, you want to make a little circuit to hang on the door while you're recording so people don't just walk in?
0: The only person that would walk in is you. Right. I think it'd be oh, cool to make a circuit. I just know, like having thing, a purpose. One thing we never said is, hi, Charlie's my roommate.
1: I am I am Audrey's roommate. <laughs> That's why that's really why I got to go first on the list of people.
0: Yeah, so for those listening at home that for some reason aren't following us on Instagram, uh we are shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug for our Instagram. Ding. Thank you. Um uh we we record this under my lofted bed, but I share my room with Charlie, so he's been kind enough to not yeah. barge in except for once. Except for once, but I had, I, edited I had about. to do that. Yeah, so so thanks Charlie for yeah. not coming in and slamming drawers and everything while we record you know monopolizing the room for like an hour or two at least once a week
1: most of the time i'm frisbee anyway
0: yeah so industry
1: so that's who i am
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel like we did a a shitty job introducing you
1: just like introducing the podcast yeah Yeah. it's a a tradition we're not good with intros
0: yeah but
1: you can make a little uh little post on the instagram be like first guest video. You could post one for each guest.
0: well yeah, yes. Okay. Hi.
1: What's no, I mean an idea? actual post, not on your story. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. We only have two posts on Instagram, and one of them is of me eating a salad. Like we'll put it on Instagram. That's not a high bar.
1: <laughs> you taking a picture of me in my like pajamas right now?
0: Pajam jams.
1: <laughs> so industry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just think I think it's interesting that there is kind of that expectation in physics to go into academia, especially here. But, like, it's easy as a physicist to forget that industry is an option for me, whereas for engineering, even though they're such similar fields, I think mm. it's so easy to not think of going into research as an engineer.
1: Yeah. Ye- <laughs> as, as I've ranted about a bit, it's difficult to get into research in engineering. Yeah, it, like took me a lot of effort and that's kind of why i did a lot of the projects i did with my first pi which are related to worm stuff was because that was somewhere where i was able to break in do mm-hmm. like the end uh to the research aspect but i've i'm working on it it's working now but and that's also one of the goals i'm trying to like do once i get further along i'd like to make it easier for people who are interested
0: yeah because i feel in. like in in physics there's such like a expectation as an undergrad to get into research and so many of the professors are like yes i take undergrads here's a project for you to work on
1: yeah so you did you explicitly talk about how you started into research because you you we've talked about it before. your first semester you went and asked a professor right yeah like, right after and he was yeah, like yeah
0: i never actually told this story do you, you want me you, to tell it you want me my to tell your story, story? okay um so, <laughs> so my first semester i knew as as a freshman i knew it was important to get into research as soon as possible in order to get into grad school, because that was already my goal going in, and so our first class freshman year in physics, our professor is like, "Okay, here's the class." Also, hi, I work on like n- experimental nuclear particle physics and on this like whole accelerator experiment. So like the first week of classes, freshman year, I emailed him being like, "Hi, I'm very interested in your work." I like cited a couple papers that he had worked on. And I was like, I would really like to work with you as an undergrad if you are accepting students. And he moved me back pretty quickly and was like, nope, you haven't taken physics yet. <laughs> He's like, it's like freshman year first semester you don't know anything yet at least wait one semester and so I waited and I waited and I waited and I, I did okay in his class most importantly because he was still teaching us and I had him the next semester and I emailed him right at the beginning of the semester me like it's been a semester I've done my time I've done one semester of like kinematics please let me into your accelerator lab um but he let me in because he knew like it was a really weird first meeting with him because it was like a job interview where he was like, okay, tell me about your programming exper- experience was, like, the most important thing for him. Was, like, do you know how to program? And then he, like, sent me off with one of his research staff being, like, and they, like, assigned me so many things to read. I had to learn C++ in, like, a month. And and all this stuff. But it was, other than that, like, I, it was just persistence. And it was just asking literally twice. And and not asking freshman semester. So, and with my second lab, I literally, I emailed the professor because I knew he was accepting students because he had asked someone else that we know. And I knew he was accepting students and I knew I was like ending my work at my previous lab. So I emailed him and I was like, hi, I remember you're accepting students right now for undergrads. Could you please like set up a meeting with me so we could discuss it and see if it would be a good fit. And I go into this meeting with him that we scheduled and the first thing he says to me was, Audrey. I have a good thesis project for you and literally like sat down, laid out my entire undergraduate thesis on the chalkboard. And he's like, do you want to work on this? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then then that's it. Like it was so easy. Whereas you, you want to hear my, my, uh,
1: my, I mean, you've already kind of heard it, but (laughs) but. uh, so, Oh, for the, for the, for the podcast, for the
4: viewers.
1: (laughs) um, Yeah. So I started in high school. I got to do a little bit of research at Brook university and I was working in a worm lab and I just helped, basically kill worms we threw them into a growth chamber and uh cooked them after they had been in soil for a while um and that was cool and i was like awesome research is cool and even though this isn't explicitly what i want to do like i think the process is cool and then uh i was still working on a project that i did like through my first year within that lab even though i came in first as chemical engineering (laughs) changed that that. within the first uh before the ad drop swap period (laughs) Um, And then I switched to electrical and I've never looked back, but I finished that project up, which was cool. That actually got turned into a published paper and I got to present at Eureka, which was like really dope. So I got to do like a lot of the research things. It just wasn't in my field, but I was like, that'll be okay. Now I'll move on to getting my, you know, job or my research within my own field. So I think after my first semester, I went and talked to one of my professors. So kind of like you you the second time. and I was like, hey, do you think I could do any research with you? Uh, And then I was like, as a note, I have done research before. I've even published a paper, which is like kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I went to one professor and he was like, nah, I don't need any undergrads. And I went to like two or three and they all like said the same thing. They're like, nah, don't want undergrads. No, thanks. Bye. And I was like, what the heck, man? And so that, like, kind of bummed me out for a while because it was just, like, because ver- even though we were at Brook, which is a research university, I was just getting, like, noped everywhere. Uh, so then eventually I went back to my PI, who I had done that project with, um, and I came up with this other project. So there was a big gap in between where I kind of wasn't doing that much research, which sucked. And then we came up with this, which was awesome, my first quantum dot worm project. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I had taken a solar panel class with my professor, who's the physicist, and I was chatting... Oh, actually, in between that, I did a little bit of research, finally, through through one of my classes. I met a professor, but he had already done all the data collection. So I just helped crunch some numbers, which was fun, and actually in my major. So that was like, cool, I can actually break in now, maybe. And then I went to my professor, who I'm now doing research with, and I said, listen, I have done research before. It's very frustrating that I can't break in. And I would like to do some research. And he was like, okay. And kind of like what happened with you, he was like, I have this project that I think you would really like to work on.
0: And I think it's interesting that, like, the first person that was like, okay, yes, I'll take an undergrad to do this project was a someone with a physics PhD. Like, it's yeah. just, I, I, in physics, it's seen as such an important part of your learning process from, like, when you first start. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't done research in your undergrad years, you're, like, basically not getting into graduate school. Like that's the whole reason mm-hmm. uh, NSF has the research experience for undergrads w- is to get you research experience when even if you can't find it at your home institution.
3: And I guess that's related to the fact that physicists are expected to be in a research career. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of your best training is to be in research
1: as an undergrad.
0: And it's funny because the things I've learned in research are not the things I've learned in my classes mm-hmm. at all. It's
1: oh it, yeah no it's like a different game entirely
0: exactly and especially in physics like obviously in your classes all you're learning is theory and there frankly is not time to learn about the applications to the theory that's what engineering degrees are for so you
1: say that and yet we also just learn a ton of theory oh in yeah our classes.
0: this is true but when you first step into research it's instantly like such a different environment like i've worked on theory projects as well but Applying, especially as an undergrad, applying the things you're learning in class to actual research in physics is so hard because in order to actually know what you're doing, I feel like you need a lot more schooling than like three years of undergrad. But that's why it's seen as so important, because there's so many other skills you need as a physicist other than just like working through the math in the theory
1: matt you want to throw your uh, research story where are we supposed to be talking about industry instead of research
0: oh god damn it we <laughs> fell uh, into research hole
1: you told yes. me to come here first. Yes. <laughs> you thought i'd be the closest to industry
0: oh man it's still relevant though because no i talked industry.
1: about my not yeah yeah but because everyone like always is like hey you're gonna go into industry and just make a ton of money and do this and i'm like i don't think it's that interesting i think it's okay but and then yeah because you worked at con, Edi- take- con edison I did which work i think at con edison
0: It's a thing to name drop as like you tried industry and you tried industry at con ed so i like- tried
1: industry at con ed which was okay and i did a lot of things and i implemented a system there using excel that mm-hmm. was like pretty a big deal and it helped a lot of people out there and my boss was very impressed with that project i also worked at um an hvac company in manhattan and i did a lot of drawings for them and i got some useful skills out of it like i'm much better with cad now from it mm-hmm. um and the the 3d version of cad but uh, i think that they're just okay like the the puzzles to solve there were not that hard like you'd get a lot of them like you'd be like oh i remember i had to like th- there's all the code you have to know for like new york city like of this kind of boiler has to have this like you have to have five feet of space in front of it and you have a box or a room that's this big right so you have a box and then you have all these things that have to go in the room and they all have their own specifications for what can't be near them and whatnot and you had to make but it has to fit in that room and like you have to move things around and it's okay and it was definitely a puzzle and i love to solve puzzles but it wasn't that hard of a puzzle yeah Uh, but i think uh,
0: i mean we don't want to narrow it down there are definitely parts of industry that are like fascinating and interesting puzzles also i've only
1: done two things yeah yeah, yeah, industry is huge research is also huge yeah you just have to try things, which I know is what everybody always says, but like... It's really true. Just keep throwing yourself at things, mm-hmm. and if you don't like them, don't stay in them just because somebody <laughs> says you have to. That's the dumbest thing.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I'm guilty of that sometimes, but.
1: I know. It's tough.
3: So, Matt, your research? <laughs> um, So, my research story has kind of been a long and winding road, but I remember coming in freshman year, we just kind of got bombarded, or at least one thing I noticed is that a lot of people would kind of start to brag about all the things they did in high school. Mm. Like I know a lot of people came in, especially in the honors college, having already co-authored papers and like worked in multiple labs in high school. So that kind of got like slammed over our head that we have to get into research as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So I knew that it was something on the horizon that I really should get into soon. And I had a reliable job back home. So I wanted to find something like close to home. Mm hmm. So, I ended up getting involved in a project at UB, SUNY University at Buffalo. There
0: you go. I was like...
3: I don't know if that's repetitive, if it's just SUNY Buffalo.
0: I think it's just SUNY Buffalo. Is it a university? an
1: important pedantic distinction. Is it a university? No, no, no. no. Because, like,
0: Stony Brook University is its own thing as well as a SUNY, right? I don't know. That's why it's Stony Brook University instead of just SUNY Stony Brook. There's, like, a whole thing. They call
1: it SUNY Stony Brook as well.
0: Yeah, but it's also Stony Brook University, whereas, oh. like, SUNY Purchase is not Purchase University. It's, like, Purchase College.
1: Oh, yeah, no, um, Buffalo is also a university. Okay, cool.
3: Anyways, <laughs> um, I met up with a professor there, and we kind of, like, discussed what we could possibly work on, and I told him how I was more interested in the astronomy area of things, whereas a lot of his work was in, like, nonlinear dynamics and just physics things but one of his graduate students i believe was working on a project with nanoparticle filtration and he's like oh this is kind of related to things on the iss in terms of like dust filters like that's a whole problem gotta be able to keep the air clean man right so i ended up working on a project kind of related to that but on a macroscopic scale mm-hmm. and it was also kind of applicable to industry because um we were studying, like, the mass flow of granular particles, which has applications in, like, the food industry and farming. Um, so, we're still working on that. We're kind of turning it into an educational experience, yeah. um, something called, like, case study-based education. Mm-hmm. So, we're currently drafting a publication for that. Ooh. Um, but here at Stony Brook, I didn't get involved in research until my junior year mm-hmm. because... I knew that I wanted to get involved in a very niche field of um like planetary science yeah. and planetary formation. Um, which isn't really something that our astro department did. So it all came down to like a very lucky hire that the department made. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you said this before, right? Yeah, like you that. did yeah. you did say a lucky hire. You hinted hire at before, it. It but... was a very lucky hire mm-hmm. where <laughs> They actually hired someone who did research in planets. Yeah. So, like, I immediately went to go see him, and then we hit the ground running. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: And that's how we've all gotten into it.
0: Yeah, I think it's, like, it's fascinating that, like, physics and astronomy are, are, like, so close. Like, most of the physics departments you, you see in most schools are physics and astronomy departments. Whereas engineering and physics are seen as so separate when they're, like, I would argue, like, pretty equally close.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's just silly distinctions. I I understand it in that, like, obviously you can't just be like, oh, I went to this university and got a degree in (laughs) the general area of STEM. Yeah. So it's, like, a distinction that you make, but I don't think it's that important, which I think is evidenced by the fact that you have an electrical engineering professor and I have a physics professor.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that most undergraduate institutions could do better at is like increasing communication between departments and the which, students of the apartment departments.
1: Which Stony Brook like does a I mean, they they're, it's they're, a they're working job. on their they do we have do have the whole Allen Alderson well that's like communicating with the public but
0: Yeah, but I like the only reason that you and I know each other is through the honors college not mm-hmm. through research or r- research or classes or mm-hmm. anything. And so like the fact that if it wasn't for that we would never have met and we and yet we work on like
1: like the same stuff
0: pretty pretty similar things is kind of crazy to me and i think this is a lesson in that labels are bad a lot of the time (laughs) turns out um like useful in certain aspects and that you can't get a degree in everything right but (laughs) but generally not good um so always you know Reach out of your your comfort zone if it's not in your major. Like you're working with a physics professor. I'm working with an engineering guy. Like
1: don't don't uh don't feel too constrained by your major. I'm playing with worms. Yeah, and I'm an electrical yeah. engineer.
3: And as much as I enjoy what I'm doing now, that's one of the things I kind of regret. As I was so focused on getting into what like exactly what I wanted to do, hmm. is that I didn't open myself up to trying different projects with different professors, kind of outside my niche area.
0: Yeah, I I tried branching out a little bit this summer which i'm really glad i did like this summer i went into a hard theory project like straight theory no application and you found out you didn't like it as much as a little bit of
1: engineering
0: i i like the tiny tiniest bit of Mm -hmm. like uh of programming simulation and engineering aspect of things because it's a puzzle but the the thing is for for many many years i thought i wanted to be a pure theorist Mm -hmm. now i can't even imagine Mhm like I would not have a good time, and I know that because I tried it, tried it, mm-hmm. and <laughs> I stepped out of my comfort zone and I think like I was talking to someone else in the physics department the other day who's been in the same lab group all four years, and i I'm so glad I didn't do that, even though like they have a solid base of research experience. it's only in one place, and like it's in a very similar it's very similar to the lab that I was in my freshman year, and I know how focused you get. When you're working on a project like that, like when I was working on the molar experiment, that was my focus and I didn't learn about anything else. I learned about the simulation frameworks that were specifically designed for the specific experiment and like very little Mm -hmm. beyond that. So I'm really glad I I branched out a little bit, but I have yet to branch out to industry. (laughs) I'd argue, but
1: work on a project where you actually (laughs) make the thing. see how you like it
0: see i'm not a hands-on kind of
2: physicist no no, i
1: don't i'm not saying you have to like be the person to physically like screw the (laughs) bolts together Mm. but where where you work with someone and then the thing gets actually made and you actually test it
0: that was one thing i liked in our on our electronics lab that that the physics majors take our junior year is that we had a professor who was research faculty but really wanted us to to think about kind of our other options and that whole class is about obviously electronics so he had us, like, design a, a PCB, a printed circuit board, mm-hmm. and, like, that was part of the class. Like, he, he added that to the curriculum. It wasn't there before. And he's like, you should know how to do this because this is a useful skill. Whether you go into research or industry or whatever you do, as a physicist, you should probably know how to actually make the circuit boards that you're designing theoretically. And so he he had us, like design them and simulate them and then he actually got them printed and had us like solder them together
1: what program do you use for that
0: oh god KiCad.
1: oh okay
0: yeah <laughs> it wasn't good all right
1: no that's fine i was just wondering
0: yeah
3: we're at an hour 40
0: oh wow fuck okay Industry. <laughs> we should stop um any any closing thoughts anyone
1: uh, I should make sure you try things yeah everyone also try thanks for having yeah. me
0: yeah, we had a guest, guys. It was good having you.
3: It was fun. Not a physics hopefully, podcast.
0: Hopefully,
1: this actually worked. Oh, my God. If imagine if is. my mic was like not connected.
0: Don't even... S- I can see.
1: I know. I know. Oh, that's why God. I said it, but just imagine. Then, like I said, you could have the spooky podcast <laughs> bonus content where you're just talking to a ghost.
0: Yeah. So, so hopefully, all this worked out. We'll see. If you're listening to this and you hear three people, good job on me, I guess, in post. If you
1: hear four, you talk, you're hearing a ghost. <laughs>
0: Yeah, just to make it clear, there are three people on this and, podcast. And one right fern. Three people, three
4: plants.
3: Oh, can I say something? What? So we're going to put out an Instagram post after we conclude this episode, wrap mm-hmm. it up. So if you're listening to this right now, go to our Instagram. Go to our Instagram. Go find that new post. And, and your Instagram and is? Comment Fergie on the post. Oh my God, no. <laughs>
1: what's what's your instagram oh yeah thing?
0: our instagram handle is sprouting dot in dot stem yeah wow it's just dots instead of spaces
1: quantum dots
0: quantum dots instead of spaces i'm making my
1: way into the podcast
0: <laughs> that's so quiet we're not gonna hear that
1: it was uh, supposed to be a little little private tidbit
0: <laughs> oh it just blew a speck of dust for the people mic.
1: listening with their headphones real loud yeah you can hear
0: i'm so sorry <laughs>
1: I guess the rest of it might be very loud.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's it. Our first episode with a guest next week. Maybe even someone further from physics. We'll see. I'll
1: try and come back one day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, see. yeah.
0: we'll probably, we only have so many friends, so you'll probably be back, Charlie. Yeah. All right. Bye. Goodbye, friends. We'll see you next week.